a lot of applications that are used on a daily basis, especially when it comes to monitoring or learning or educational purposes, AI okay. is being implemented. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but the thing is, it's also like a form of making, actually making your productive productivity higher. <laughs> Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, our virtual world, we are going to talk about AI today. I'm your host, Diego, together with my host, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I had an amazing strategic session today. I yeah. had to discuss one of my favorite topics. Tell me was, about it. was a social media strategy for a podcast. We're not going to tell you which podcast it was, but I guess you can take it. And, and were that, you using AI what? during that session? Were you what? using any form of AI during, during that session? I actually, most of, no. So that's the interesting part. To prep, to prepare for the session, I didn't. I didn't. I just used PowerPoint and notes that I made in Evernote, like in, in the last couple of weeks. But during the session, we did try to, to do some AI and I wouldn't say I was disappointed for one part it worked, but for the other thing, it did not work at all. It, it did not work at all. I, or at least I felt it didn't. It still was better to creatively do it with your own brain right? To, to put it into AI. So I think that's a good introduction and segue into today's topic, right? Yeah, indeed. And so who's going to be joining us in this fun conversation? So I posted about, I think it was yesterday about Google Bard being publicly available for everyone in the world. And I was discussing it and Antoine Myers jumped in and was like, hey, we should actually talk about this. And I was like, hey, we can definitely do that on tomorrow's episode of, of Social Confos. So why not, why not bring some guests in? And then he said, like, you know, you, you should probably consider someone else as well. And both Ivan and Antoine are two people that actually, I think we've both known for a very long time. They're both in the tech space and in, I think, different functions, but they will tell us as well. I personally know one as a photographer and the other as a developer. And I think it will be fun to see how they approach AI also from a technician perspective, because these are two people who are very familiar and very known in the IT space in Suriname. They're not only known, but they've also organized and competed in several events. And I, if I remember, remember correctly, also won a hackathon or two as well. And I think it would be a great pleasure to have in the building today Antoine Myers and Ivan Pakata. Welcome, guys. How are you going? Did I remember correctly that there's also some participating in, in hackathons involved, or was it mainly organizing? That's correct. So, yeah, sorry. Actually, I think Ivan has been, been the first one that actually started with the IT Core. And yeah, basically, he was one of the people that coached me when I was starting with my first project or with my first hackathon. And he was actually my coach in this, in this case. And, and he actually helped me a lot. Also, I actually learned a lot that, that day. It was a 24 hour event and we, we ended up third place. So we actually did a good job. For the people who are less familiar with what a hackathon is, Ivan, can you kind of introduce people to that topic as well? Uh, a, a hackathon is basically a, 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 a competition, a code competition. You have 24 hours to make a program. You develop a program. You get a, a team at the front. We have to make something for education, for example, and you have to use these and these and these technologies. And then the teams have 24 hours to create something, to create something and present it. And after the hackathon, presenting it, a winner is chosen. I think the first hackathon was maybe what, 10 years ago, probably now, nine years ago, something like that, if I remember correctly. So this August from what is I heard, years. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. So Iwan coached Antoine. So if you compare it now, look at how technology has evolved. Look at how programming has evolved. Look at how the hardware and technology in general has changed. And with the introduction of the AI now available to people, and you compare that to what you guys did at the first hackathon 10 years ago, how different would it be if you had access to these tools? Well, AI as the way it is now, um, it can help you a lot. Yes, it can help you a lot, but it's still in its infancy. So while it can help you a lot, it can also bring you to the wrong direction. AI so also a lot, you can do a lot with AI, but it's still a computer that makes a lot of mistakes because it's in its infancy, see, it still makes a lot of mistakes. So it's not like you, you just ask it to code something and you copy paste it to your environment and voila, it works. No, as a human, you still have to look into it. So if you can use AI correctly, you can win the hackathon. If you don't know how to use it correctly, you'll definitely lose it. Yeah. So Antoine, if you had access to one of the tools you have today, what's something mm -hmm. you hit your head against the wall at that might have maybe gotten you to first place if you had the AI tools? So, so in this case, I was actually, my role was basically project, man, project management. So I had to do, so follow the, the whole process. Okay. That, and that hour, that, that part needs to be fixed. That hour, that, that part needs to be fixed. Like the database needs to be built. The, the front end needs to be built. The back end needs to be built. So I actually had to follow the whole process and actually got my team to actually set it up. And with the old situation we're at right now, I think we would have added it easier. I'm quoting this um, because the you actually found a lot of snippets, a lot of code that you could actually use at that moment, like as a begin as a begin structure. But if you're not familiar with the code or like ChatGPT said, okay, this is a little plan, but you can use to build up the app. But if you don't understand like 50% of it, you're screwed. So you still need to understand. Basically, where you, you actually need the basic knowledge to actually understand what's happening. Also, you still need to research what the code is implementing. In our experience, the ChatGPT in this in this case, for example, does give you like commands update, like this code does this does this part or this code does this part. But when you have to implement it in a production environment or a test environment, you still need to test it out if it works for you. And from there, you start building it more, but it helps you with the structure. It does help you with the structure. So, so from a project management perspective, you could have said like, Hey, what do I need to do in a hackathon from our, this to our, this as a project manager, <laughs> and it would at least roll up something. Um, so, what's it called again? Well, me out again. This is what the process again, uh, how, how you call that again? What, Agile uh, Scrum? Yeah. No. Agile Scrum. Yeah. Scrum. Yeah. So I was, I was a part, of, part of doing the scrum process. So basically, okay, the start, the beginning, the end, etc. So uh, it was a challenge. It was fun. And, but the thing is, if, if we actually had AI at that point, it would have been more easier. I do admit that. But remember, if you had the AI at the time, all the, all the other teams would have it too. <laughs> it would have had it as well. Yeah. The story. That's true. That is true. So speaking of. E equalizing the playing field, say everyone had access to AI and Iwan already said it, you need to know how to use it. And Antoine said, you need to still understand what you're asking and understand the output it's giving you. You need to be able to read that language still. So from the tools you've used so far, like what are prompting techniques you guys have found that kind of work for you? In your case, Antoine, for a project management perspective, well, what would you use? Well, in my case, uh, I use ChatGPT more like for experimental pur purposes to see how far I can go with it. Uh, in my, so basically, I haven't used it much yet, to be honest, in the produ production phase of the phase. I just research it a little, like, okay, Okay, we need we need something like this. Let me see what ChatGPT gives gives an example of. I was like, oh, okay, I can go. I can actually work with that. But it, you still need to 
like, you know, you actually look it out, uh, up just to be sure that it's not going the wrong direction. Because if you ask a specific question and you don't like the answer, you're going to like say, okay, can you give me another example? And from there, you get actually different, uh, different options. Most, like, it best to happen that you actually get the option that you need. And from there, you can actually work for it. I actually ha have a good example, a very nice example. One of my colleagues, she's an application, application engineer. And there was a question like, okay, we have to, we have macros on the Excel sheet, but we can actually every, uh, every page or every sheet cannot be uh, completed separately in a PDF using a macro. So I was actually looking with her, like, okay, how can I do that? You know, what are we going to do that? So she, she actually asked ChatGPT afterwards. She was like, okay, let's ask the question on ChatGPT. She got a lot of code for, for the Excel sheet. And I was actually amazed at the work. It's like, she actually managed the code. She actually implemented it. And for every sheet, she actually managed to get a PDF file out of that. I'm like, I'm like I was actually amazed about that. I'm like, wow. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. There, it has very positive fun functions. I do like that. that the, uh, actually, in this case, AI tools has have positive outcome, but you still need to know how to use it or why you want to use it. How about you, Ewan? Also, do you guys use any other, or have you guys experimented with any other tool aside from ChatGPT? Because BART got announced this weekend after Google I.O. and... Bing was, I think, so, a few weeks ago, a few months so ago. With AI tools and visuals as well, I think. Yeah, so let, let's stick to the text. Uh, the We're going to start with text second. first? Okay, Yeah, sure. so like, Ewan, what do you got for us? Well, at the moment, I have used ChatGPT for code reviews. So you write the code. It doesn't work the way you want it to work. You don't know where the, the problem is because if you as a human look at it, everything should work the way you want it to. So copy paste the code in chat GPT, ask it, what is wrong here? And then it can tell you two out of three times it tells you what the problem is. But there's also that third time that it gives you when you really need it, when you really need it, when you really need it. Be be because it's just reading the code, the chat GPT thinks, when you, this process has result A, but actually you want result B out of it. So somewhere you made a, pro, a, a, a mistake, which gives out result A. And ChatGPT just reads the code and says, everything is okay. You get result A, but you don't want result A. So you still have to go over your own code to see where's the problem. So in Two out of three times, it can help you solve the problem. But that third time, that one time that you really, really need it, it doesn't work you should. It should. I've also used it for, we, we did a vulnerability scan. And according to all the settings that we had, there should not have been a vulnerability in, the, in that specific server. So I asked ChatGPT, to give me an answer to it. And it gave me the correct answer because we as we made one mistake. Our settings were perfect for a different version of the operating system. And, and ChatGPT found it. And ChatGPT found that problem. So one little mistake we made because everything we did was correct for a different operating system version, same operating system, different version. Thanks to ChatGPT, we found the problem. So if you know how to use it, it works, but it's not a 100% correct genie. It's not magic. It's not a genie. So you still need it's still, it's still in development. In, and it's of, still in yes. development. I, I, I like to yeah. see where it is in five years, but where we are now, you still need a lot of human interaction to actually get what you want. We're going to definitely come back to the five years, but now I first want to go further on down the rabbit hole. I actually have two questions for everybody in this group. The first question is, what was the very first thing you asked ChatGPT? 
Do you remember the very first thing you asked ChatGPT? It was not an IT-related question, but I can tell you, I asked ChatGPT to, I, I, I heard that it could mimic write a song, so I asked it to write a gospel song in the style of Marilyn Manson. And if you know those two, that's a big contradiction. And so did it pull it off or were you disappointed? The, the, the first, the first, after just asking the question, I was disappointed in the result. Then I asked a follow-up question saying it, I meant in the style of Marilyn Manson. That result, that was, that was genius. So. Going over the information that ChatGPT has from the internet can do a lot, but you do have to ask follow-up questions to get the exact thing you want to have. In my case, actually, that's actually funny. Actually, I'm asking the related question. I asked to see how it would respond, but to ask, how do you make a backup using Cisco at, at, with Cisco and uh, with Cisco switches in this case? And I went back. Okay, let's, let's see what it does. So I actually got the result. Before I actually started this meeting, I actually asked the same question to Bart and I didn't like that. I didn't like the answer because ChatGPT was way closer on the practical form, but that was more like, we're going to use the most advanced switches that we have for we're going to use that, that code or that, that configuration. So, but the thing is, ChatGPT in this case was closer with how to make like a backup of a Cisco switch. But to follow up on like what I always said, I actually have to ask JLPT to read me a rock song with specific words. I started with Dutch. I was like, I like it. I like that. I said, translate it to English. It translated the whole time. And you have to find part. And you have to say so there. I asked would translate to the same thing. Now I have to bomb. It scared me so well, so it's just slow. Translate just a little bit. Oh my gosh. I was, I my mind was doing that, that moment. I'm like, okay, that, that, that is a song right there. You're like, okay, where I'm going to tag in this song? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was actually amazed. So we're going to swap to creative uses in a bit, but to answer your question, Jean-Luc. To answer your question, I don't quite remember what exactly it was, but thinking back, it was either one in economics question, because I was busy doing some research, or two, I was also busy with a creative project and I asked it to write a script or modify the script with scenes and everything. So it broke it down into actual uh, time, time breakdown scenes, which camera lenses to use, what the actors or narrators should say. So it, it broke it down with just yeah. a short premise. So in creative writing, yeah, you, you could go many directions, but the exact first thing I don't quite remember because I've used it quite a bit now and it, it was just to experiment. Mine is really, yeah, it's, it's a bit tacky, but I asked it, what does it mean if you say that a person is ineffable? So that was really like straight, very straightforward towards <laughs> something that I just wanted to know how it would respond as well. But I saved with it like promise. but here's the thing. I used it for songs as well, and I haven't been satisfied with, with songs. Maybe my prompts are not as good as you guys. Maybe I'm asking it a little bit too much and it doesn't have the context because that's also what you need to worry about. But then my second question, because this has a little bit of context as well, what is the funniest thing or the most personal thing you asked ChatGPT? I'll give an example. I asked something in the lines of what would be an appropriate outfit to wear to our company dinner tomorrow? We have this amount of employees, have a dinner at such a restaurant. I'm male. I had to clarify that because otherwise it would be like, if you're male, if you're female and so on. So I kind and of give it a little bit of scope and it gives a very good answer. 
The only thing I didn't take into account is that we live in tropical climate. So I had to explain like, hey, a blazer, are you sure about that? We, we live in Suriname, so the weather is kind of true. It's a little bit hot. So, and then it kind of corrected the answer after that. But that was kind of my most personal question that I asked. What's my, do, do I have a personal question? Or did I? So basically, what I do with AI, it just is just to make fun with it. That's right. For example, when I first got an Alexa, was, I also, during COVID time, oh my God, there was such a time you were going to do, you were not stupid, stupid shit. It literally thinks very stupid things. So in this case, I was at working at home, working thugs, and my, my Alexa was right there. It, it, it literally started with a few words. And then I learned I had a 30 minute conversation with Alexa. Mm. Asking, like, having a conversation with Alexa at that point. I'm like, okay, what do you like? Okay. What, 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 she's she's stopping right now. Alexa. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh that's perfect. That's perfect. So literally, I actually had a conversation with it. I'm not going to say the name right now. Um, okay. And but the thing is, that's, that's me. I actually build up also like how does it respond? And it was also with JDBT. I actually asked like, okay, JDBT, do you like me? It was like, yes, I really, really like you. You are a very incredible customer to me. I love, really love to learn from you. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So this I will spot one question that you play with, but just to see how it would react. Interesting. I'm going to get back to that in a second after the, the two others gave their, their side of the story. Well, for me, the most personal question I actually asked that is I'm, I'm currently going through a journey of weight loss. So I asked that how, how long would it take to lose 30 kilos in a healthy way? And the answer I got was surprisingly correct. Well, it will take me a while and according to my coach, my nutrition coach and GPT, it was surprisingly correct, but that's the most personal question I ask. And on a daily basis, what's, what's today's dad joke? Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. I'm going to implement that one day or another as well. So from my end, it's kind of hard to go, let's see, on a personal side. I did ask it for a workout regimen just to compare notes, so to speak. And other things were mostly like help me write an email to for a specific guest or example, help me write a, a vision or a mission statement for the strategic session that I'm heading into. <laughs> so it has been very like, companion like so as soon as something pops up that I can't write immediately I go to it to give me ideas or suggestions and bounce off of that and mostly the other side is when I do research so I just don't open only chat GPT so I use po.com and that has another language model as well so then I compare notes I ask them the same prompts and see what they give how elaborate they went into I had access to GPT-4 limited for a while as well, which is way more elaborate than the basic ChatGPT is right now. And I also tested it on Bing a while. That is very more succinct and short answers. So I thought I would use it more, but I kind of bounced off of Bing. I default to Poe right now. So that's mostly ChatGPT powered. And I tried BART yesterday and yeah, they still have a lot of work to do to make it sound very natural and kind of also more, I wouldn't say factual, but yeah, more yeah. believable. So here's, here's the thing. So that's why it came up. That's why also we're having this conversation. I found personally that Bart was more agreeable than ChatGPT. For instance, I would ask the same question and Bart would be like, yes, I agree, but also consider this and this and this where ChatGPT would be like, hey, it's an interesting comparison. This, these are the reasons why I don't agree, but actually I agree with this, 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 this statement. So that was really interesting to see how much 
more agreeable Bart was than ChatGPT. And guys, you're getting a, a quick shout out from, from Farley as well. And the question I have for you guys is you, you've compared, you've compared notes as well, or you've compared different AI tools as well. What, what do you feel at what stage are we now? And where do you see that we still have a lot of room improvement when it comes to these kind of tools? I've compared the three of them, Bing AI, ChatGPT, and BART. BART has a long way to go. Mm. BART is, is, is good as a tool for searching, searching stuff. Get it. Where can I find the information of yada, yada, yada? I, I agree. It's, it's an enhanced search. It's, it's an enhanced Google search. Exactly. It's Google search with AI backend, but it's still Google search. ChatGPT is more of a, yeah, it, it looks more creative. It, it will really reach through the structure. And Bing, Bing is a little bit between those two. It is still a search engine, but it has more AI in it. Uh, for example, you can ask Bing, strange example, make, make a meal plan for the next three days with these ingredients. Bing can give you a meal plan, including link. Bart doesn't know what to do with that. And ChatGPT gives you a generic meal plan. So they, they are still three completely different tools on completely different stages in their development. And at the moment, it looks like ChatGPT is the first one in the development. Ironically, with limited information. The information of ChatGPT is kept at, I believe it was September 2021. Yeah. And anything go. new, anything new, it just says like, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't have that information yet. Exactly. Yeah. In the previous version where it was kept at, I think it was 2020. If you asked it, who was the president of Suriname, you got the wrong answer. You got the previous president. It doesn't know our current president. Now it does. But Google Bard is really, it's a search engine. It has access to its com complete Google library. So it can give, give you the most accurate information, but it doesn't process the information. Yeah. At a friendlier, in a friendlier way, so to speak. So in my percep perception with Ben AI, I still have to play with that basically because personally, I never liked Bing. Just the concept of Bing. I never liked that. Hey, you're probably that you're probably not in load of that statement. <laughs> so I can imagine before the meeting, I actually played with Bart because that Bart's particularly new. They're still fresh, fresh out the egg, basically. So like I said, I actually asked it like one or two questions and it came out like very robotic. It's like, okay, you're, you're used to our, our environment, our engine. So basically we're talking about Google. Google has basically always been a search engine. It's always been used as a search engine. So it will also respond as a search engine. They're like, oh, you want that answer? Here's your answer. ChatGPT is more like, okay, I, I like what you're asking. Let me think about it. Uh, let me give it a few seconds. And then it actually gives uh, actually more information. I'm not saying that the information is reliable, but you actually do that information and it was like, okay, I like, I like what you think, Dan. And Sean, like you said, like, uh, when it comes to the prompt, it's like, oh, it's, when you ask a specific question and you don't like it, you have to actually check it or change the question in the, in a way that is still the same thing that you're asking, but in a different context. And then you get a very different answer, a very, very different answer. So really right now, it's like, like, like I said, in my case, it's uh, Bart is still in development, like very, very much in development. NBT actually, actually, maybe like last month, I think they went to the one ten million, uh, ten, not ten billion course. Is so, so they actually the, the search goes faster. ChatGPT four, if I'm not mistaken. So, but actually, uh, they actually try to upgrade every time. They actually, the information that they get, they actually try to. Get that information actually create make data out of that. So that's that's why JDBT is in this case still number one. But again, it's still also in, in a learning process. So not every information that you get is reliable. You still need to do your own research just to be sure that that are, that it's actually what you want.
Yeah, you have to be able to recognize, I guess, that as well. Yes. Because I had yeah. several cases with that as well, where I was like, I, I think I asked once a week at least, I asked ChatGPT, are you sure about this? And then about 80% of the time, I get a response in the line of, oh, I'm sorry, I misinterpreted that question. Or actually, you are right. This is the correct answer. And then you're like, okay, I still, I can't fully rely or, or the answers, like Iwan said, is like they have and the information until 2021, like really using it for hype things and things that are very correct. It's, it's just not an option. And it's also kept off. There's kind of like norms and values included in ChatGPT, which is not concluded from an AI perspective. You would split it in there. So with our previous president and previous presidents of the U.S., for instance, if you would ask it to write an admirable poem about this person, it will say like, hey, we're not allowed to do that for these and these and these True. reasons. True. And of course you can trick it. But I asked Google Bard that question about a former president of Suriname. And boy, did, did Bard write a poem that was exceptional that you were like, oh, wow, I never thought of that person. That's more objective. No, no, this, this wasn't objective. This was like, Throwing roses, giving giving the man roses oh, no. for for his achievements, uh, and telling how how he uplifted, <laughs> and it was there was no objectivity in it, which it's is cool. cool. Like if you're an admirer of certain politicians, it's cool to know like you can actually get an admirable poem from from Bart, which you sometimes won't be able to get. No, with objective, I mean it. It did the request. It didn't take into account. Like, yeah, from from that perspective. Questions. Yeah, from that you're talking yeah. about morality and things yeah. that can and cannot do. So it was less biased, so to speak. So it, it was just definitely less biased. The request. It was definitely less biased, but also very generic in a sense. Like yeah, so it's basically it, yeah broad. So it's kind it, of it more didn't it yeah. didn't jump into things the person actually did or policies that the president actually made. That would make you say like this is an agreeable thing. It was just a very admirable poem, which just put in with the name put in, which is it was cool because you're not able to do it on ChatGPT. So from that perspective, it was cool. But on the other side, you're like, oh. and then I guess I didn't go through with it because I didn't want because that's the thing about Bart. I think it's also connected to your email, so you can't fool around with it too much because. True might impact other things within your Google account. So that's something I don't well, like. Well, theoretically, you can also clear and wipe data. I'm not sure how much you trust Google with then actually clearing and separating that yeah. data rest. But <laughs> no, it's, it's that's what you because That was the first thing I checked. Like, trust data, don't keep it. Yeah, I mean, I, let's, let's say with, with, with ChatGPT, I was a little bit smarter when it came to connecting. I didn't connect with my with my personal mail, but with Bart, it just took it, and I was like, "Ah, sure, whatever." And now I have regrets that I kind of connected one of my personal emails to it. But I think that's for me. That's the issue. It's like I'm not sure what you're gonna do, and they say it when you connect, like, "Hey, you know, we're 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 gonna take your data." They they actually do say it. I have to give Google that because Google does does say it plainly. WhatsApp is always kind of secretly kind of giving you the feeling that they don't take your data, but they do take your data. And then in a court case, but Google is just like, no, we're just so you know, we're definitely taking your data. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if I like that because I'm not sure if you're actually going to use that data to kind of construct my personal preferences, especially when I'm joking. And I also tested how they respond to jokes as well. I think, I think ChatGPT responded better and funnier with a little bit more humor to my jokes than than that Bart did. So that's where I also give a plus to ChatGPT. ChatGPT definitely mm. has a little bit of humor in it as well. I agree. I agree. But but both so of before both of them, into... they're not doing any dark jokes. No, no. no. <laughs> So before we go into Farley's comment, why don't you read it while I formulate this next question? Before we go into that, have you guys seen any fallacies or 
productivity traps that people have fallen into or on the other side of the spectrum, ways they have improved the way they did their work. So for example, I recently saw on my Facebook, so I think I'm from Athenaeum, Frey Athenaeum, and I saw my teachers actually posting about ChatGPT that they had a teacher meeting discussing how to implement it in their lessons and how to like go through the different types of fallacies that you can fall into and how to actually teach the chi- the kids how to use it. So True. learning to use the tool and not falling into the trap. So they are still experts at their craft, but kind of instead of the students blindly using the tool and you know they're going to use it either way, yes. why not accept it, explore it, learn from it and see how you can adapt it and make it complement the way you teach in that sense. So I, I'm curious to what the results is going to be the next year, the, the next academic year, but that's something I saw. So have you guys seen any fallacies or ways that people have used it in, in or around your work? by people you work with? Not really. We're at the IT department. We all have looked at it, but nobody really wants to come forward and say, I'm actually using it. So I'm not sure if they are. So maybe some of them are using it, but don't want to rat themselves out because they're super productive now and they have more spare time. That could also be a thing. That, that, that they're, you, they're hiding it. They're hiding spare time very good because it doesn't look like we have any spare time at work at the moment. I, I don't think it gives you more spare time, though. I really don't. I really don't. Well, in, in my case, I actually can't see if somebody is using JDBT because because I'm part of the I'm actually the network engineer for the company and. So one of my responsibilities is to actually monitor the draft, better the security side of things, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually had a case, I think a few weeks ago, I think. It's also a friend of mine, but she started to work for one of the the renters there. And she also would like at me like in private, you know, um, hey, did you grab ChatGPT Because I'm going to use it. I'm like, let me check just in case. So I actually saw all the traffic of ChatGPT that you were using. I'm like, no, it's not blocked. It's, it's most definitely not blocked. So to actually actually answer, answer the question, ChatGPT right now actually has different conversations. In this case, non-IT related or IT. Actually, IT people actually already use ChatGPT for experimental courses, for solutions, etc. But I actually had a few of those moments or actually those conversations that when I was like, do you use, do you use ChatGPT? You know, have you actually tried it out? Because they were having a problem. I'm like, bitch, you used it. I'm like, what is, what is ChatGPT? What are you talking about? So I, was, I actually had to explain to them, like, what is ChatGPT? And, and they were like, oh, you can do that? I didn't even realize that. And I actually had a few of those encounters because a lot of people still don't know what ChatGPT is. They heard about it. Some of them heard about it, but never actually look, uh, looking for more information, like what does it do or how can you work with it and kind of stuff. But when you actually show them, actually have, give them some time to make an account, you know, let it work with you. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But they, for them, it's more like in playful mode to work with it. But for people, it's like in this case, for the more for the IT side of things, you actually, we actually do use it more for solution purposes. So it really, you actually have to look at what is the need of the person that in that case? It's like, what, what, what? Yeah, if it's generic, they, it's easier. Yeah. 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 Do they just want to play with it just to see how it works? Or do you actually want to use it for, for your productivity? So it really weighs how, on how the person thinks. So from a student perspective, right? Because you're talking about students and high school students in this case, as a former lecturer at a college level, I would advise students to be really careful with it because I'm, I'm going to give an, an example. I actually, when I was still lecturing about every, every year I had to go to the exam committee because there were cases of, of, of fraud and these aren't real, these aren't big cases of fraud. Sometimes they were, sometimes people would copy their papers directly from somebody else and they didn't really even put in effort to hide it. So like front to Correct. back, 
everything was the same, even the same letter type, like not changing anything at all. Then I'm like, come on, seriously, put at least put effort into it. In some cases, it was just one small part of a small question. And that's really easy to recognize for teachers or lecturers because you have a certain writing style. And if you have a paper and you have a certain writing style that they recognize and the writing style changes completely, it's like one AM yeah. turn and the writing style goes into this generic writing style, it's kind of easy to find out. So for me, for instance, I found an answer and I looked at it and I was like, let me Google this. And yes, it was the second sentence of the Wikipedia page for, for that specific product. So then I'm just like, hey, come on, do, do a little bit more. And that's without using the tools that lecturers have for plagiarism as, as well. So plagiarism is already one of the biggest issues that we have. And especially when it comes to these kind of tools that Gen C are already kind of jumping in and understanding, wherein older teachers aren't. So it's easy to think like, I'm going to be able to trick my teacher or my lecturer. Often what these students don't know, there's also a correction model. And that correction model yeah. is made by... So if the teacher would also use ChatGPT for their correction model, yes, yeah. then you would get away with ChatGPT because, or any AI because it will fit in the generic stuff, the same generic stuff that the lecturer found. Agreed. And if you would actually have the teacher who makes a correction model and yeah. you're going to use ChatGPT, the teacher or the lecturer is going to be like, hey, these are differences. And if they know what the differences are, they're going to research it and they're actually going to find it. And is ChatGPT considered plagiarism in an academic sense? I think it will be. I yeah. definitely think it will be. Yeah. yeah. But I can actually give an example about that. I recently also, oh, a party actually asked that question if it's plagiarism. Yeah. So I recently also gave a lecture at one of the college colleges and one of the Lessons I had to give was advanced prototyping and they have to build a project with Arduinos. I specifically, I, 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 I actually didn't tell them anything about if you can use ChatGPT. There was a reason for that. One or two students actually knew about it, but I told them don't use it. There's a reason. Two students or actually what two, one group actually had a specific product. And for my curiosity, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me ask ChatGPT on write a code on that specific project. And do not learn all the code that you, that I needed to build that project. So basically they were done in two seconds. Mm -hmm. But the real question is, did they learn anything? Exactly. So, and the thing is, so I was like, don't use it. If you worry about it, fine. You can play with it. Programming in, in general is basically still taking snippets from different places and build it, build it up together. But the, the concept is still, you need to understand what you're doing. If you don't understand what you're doing, it doesn't really have any function. So, and that's the, that was the problem with JDPT. It really gives you all the information that you need, but you didn't learn anything. Like what? If I actually ask you about that, like, what did you write here? They're like, uh, and that's why I like, did not introduce them to it. Because I actually want to see that you actually took effort to actually building the product and actually understood why, why did you put, build the product? So that is one. And that, and like a party also asked in the meeting is I can be used as plagiarism because that's also one of the challenges for now in Holland. They actually, they actually have to build a separate application or a separate software that actually scans documents to see if if the, the file has been uh, plagiarized, it's like they actually have to see if the file actually was made or the whole documentation, like for 50 pages, if it actually was made by ChatGPT, And, and that's where we're at right now. Students are smart, but not, they think they're smart. That's the difference because there's still a lot of things that you can actually see at the document that you're like, did you really write this? Is this really yours? And you actually can test them very easily with that. Like, okay, what did you write in page two, for example? And right there, they can break. So yes, it's, it's very easy to make, make fake documents. Well, using it in education, I think if you know how to use the tool, okay. But like, like we said in the beginning, you cannot 
F chat GPT, build this app for me and just copy paste it and it works. You need to be able to review the code chat GPT spit out for you. If you do not know the code, it's not going to have the same result. You need to know the code. You need to learn how to code. You need to learn how to program before you can use the tool that can help you with programming. It's a tool to help you. It's not the thing that can do it. It's not the shortcut. So using it as a student, if you know how to, how it can help you, okay, but you do not, but it does not, it, it should not do your work or else, yeah, the result is not going to be the result you want. And it's, yeah, you, you don't learn anything from it. Sure. If you learn, if you, if you know your subject, then you can uh, spot the, the mistakes yeah. that GPT makes when you review review it when it helps you true if you don't know if you don't know the subject you just copy paste it yeah then you you can you can ask it about i'm going to give extreme examples you can ask it something about gandhi and it gives you something about hitler but you don't know yeah that's a really that's a really extreme that's a really yeah, no, but that, no i'm no. gonna give one that really happened to me i i was looking for specifically high school basketball players that went viral on YouTube that made it to the NBA and it spit out a couple of them. And one of them was, was like, I've never heard this one before. And it said that he was selected by the Milwaukee Bucks. And it was like, hey, is this actually true? And it was like, oh no, it's not true. Actually, this is not the case. And I'm like, what? You just gave me a fake answer. Just looked like it was all perfect. And only when I asked you, like, is this true? You went like, oops, no, sorry, made a mistake. Still learning. No, Ewan makes a good point there. It's you need to master your craft to a certain degree before actually using it because it shouldn't become a dependency as Farley put it. It should be a complementary tool to help you optimize your work or whatever you're doing and on the subject of conspiracy maybe it's deliberately that they throw in some false information in there (laughs) that's also possible so we don't know on which data it has been kind of they go to the deleted section of they go to wiki deletes just to get some fake wikipedia articles yeah because it's just scraped data right and it's the the how ChatGPT works, it's kind of predicting what would be logical to put after the next word. So it becomes a natural language Correct. model. So it's just predictive. It doesn't actually pull facts. It's trying to put, predict what would sound the most natural and would probably make the most sense, but it isn't at all times factual. One, one of the, so we talk about one of the sentences we, yeah, use, we use the most at work because we work with a lot of data is, Garbage in, garbage out. There's a lot of garbage on the internet. And ChatGPT does not know the difference between the facts and the garbage. No. So the alternative facts, to use popular term, the alternative facts get, will also be seen as facts. Correct. So because there is a lot of garbage, you cannot trust everything that comes out of ChatGPT. It just, it doesn't know the difference. Now, good point there. So we have a few minutes left and I want to quickly transition because we mostly talked about ChatGPT, the large language models, but there's also many different applications and tools of AI. You guys, your first prompts were very creative, like writing a song. So other tools popped up to like Stable Diffusion, DALI, Midjourney. So these are visual. There's also AI popping out now that can actually animate stuff like video AI. There's AI coming out to create lifelike avatars and voice modulation. Mm-hmm. I'm actually busy training my voice now with an yeah. AI so that I can just write text and basically you don't see me on the podcast anymore and it's just spitting out stuff. So that's when I retire. So have you guys explored any of these alternative AI tools? And if you have not, or you have, like what are your views on how the impact it has now and going forward. Anton, why don't you start? Well, 
for example, it's like it was the AI art when that went viral and actually became, it became a trend at that point. So AI art actually blasted on like Instagram, Facebook kind of stuff. And you can actually make AI art from yourself or something that you were in a picture with, et cetera. Or you can actually ask AI, create a specific art for me. Like uh, I, I have anime, I have a sword, I have deadness or whatever. And it actually makes a whole like, animation picture just, just using those two, three words. And, and actually the results are very amazing, depending on what tools you were using. Uh, but the, actually what was a lesser point for me was basically you had to pay for the AI, AI to actually get better results or actually get better images. So you actually had to pay like for $99 for 100 pictures, for example. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I was just going to play with, with the free versions. And I actually had a few nice results. I actually liked it. Like, would, would I use it in general? No. The scary part is now though, there actually have been a few articles about that now, is that real human beings, or in this case, women, real women use AI to create a model of themselves and sell that. So basically it's not them, but they made an AI art of actually AI art, AI models out of that. And actually people actually paid for it. So that's how far we have actually come. Like, like pay in an OnlyFans subscription? Yeah. Or or not not even specifically OnlyFans. I actually said, basically, you know, like reading articles that people tell it privately. I'm like, why would you? Actually, I know the why, but still you're thinking like. Yeah, I mean like a tool, like you mentioned, a yeah. tool. Then it is. So but, why would you? In this case, if the AI is now a really good tool in general, if you need it, if you know how you're going to use it, you get actually good results. If you know how to use it. I actually do not have that much luck with AI art. I have tried a few of the tools that are there, but I don't get the result that I want. I had one question what, what was... What have you used specifically? Well, one question was I wanted a, 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 a photorealistic image of a werewolf in a chef's jacket. I really did not get that. I got a cartoonish a werewolf, werewolf in a chef's jacket doesn't work? I did not get the result I wanted. I got a cartoonish werewolf. So, and the question what, was... What tool were you using and when did you use it? Yeah, that it, it, it was a few weeks ago and I did not have the patience to do it again. So maybe I should try it again. But I did not really have... With AI art, I did not have the results I wanted. But I, did, did, I didn't really did a deep, do a deep dive in it. But yeah, we, we usually have the problems with Surinamese art or Surinamese, like getting a colonial style city or an Amazon-like rainforest with a river, those kind of things. Because the data isn't there, AI really has a hard time with images creating, creating that as well. I don't know if you have other specific use cases, Diego, where you've experienced better or worse results. So if it comes to images, the most realistic and most high fidelity and accurate ones are mid-journey. I think as ChatGPT has the lead in the LLMs, the large language models, compared to the others, mid-journey has the lead in the visual, the photo art style. So if you compare it to something like DALI, that is still very cartoonish, stable diffusion, has a lot of more manual tweaking that you need to do. And you could technically run that on your machine because they have the, the GitHub programming as well. But I think Midjourney does it best. And I think they released version 5.1 a few weeks ago, and that gets really real. So I think the article that Antoine mentioned, these women generating AI, well, well, once the new version launched, kind of, I think they, you know, saw opportunity because as you guys both mentioned, not a lot of people know about this. So it's an arbitrage of knowledge versus the not knowing. True. And if you have people on OnlyFans or private sites, they don't know about it. They just want a sexy picture or something. If someone can provide very easily, they're going to buy. And that's what they're capitalizing on. So there's very much a lot of avenues that you could take. And I see potential uses for maybe 
companies as well, like food companies, for example, or just interior decoration, just to get inspiration of something to base your design of your actual design. Those are some applications I see being used there. Making social media posts, you could technically go shoot it with a, pho a photo yourself with your phone or a camera. You could go to a stock photo site like, I don't, I don't know what it's called anymore, or some yeah, other stock photo site. Or you could generate something that is yeah. basically generated so unique and use that, for example. I'm, I'm going to do one better because Antoine mentioned something on photo editing and having to pay. I recently used an AI version. I did the free trial and I think we ended up using it for our clients for about a week to restore old photos. And that's where it's really powerful because you can scan, scan in an old mm. photo and restore it and create the imagery like it was made and Photoshop. Because the quality, they, they, there are some real good tools for that. Most of them that are good are paid. They're not available for free, which makes sense. But, but also all yeah. the mainstream high-end production software, look at Adobe, look at the different code writing. They've integrated it already. They're integrating yeah. AI tech within that workflow. Yeah. So it, it's not separate anymore. So... It's just that the, the, the main awesome. difference I feel like between those tools and the AI tools is like with those tools, you have to know exactly what settings you have to Correct. use to be able to Correct. replicate an AI generated image. Whereas now it's with a click of two buttons, basically it's like, okay, make this one like this, this, and this. Yeah. And then you realize what they use as well. When you start playing around, you start realizing, especially if you're a designer or use Photoshop a lot, you'll realize, oh, they're actually using these and these kind of effects. The only AI thing there is that is they're, they're just auto, yeah, automating like all those edits yep. in a way that it works for almost all the pictures, which is, which is Yeah, so actually, so to, to elaborate on that, so like, right now we actually have the main focus on ChatGPT, for example, or Bart, but the thing is, if you look at it on, in a broader scale, a lot of tools are implementing AI now as AI learning engines. So basically things that you can use, like for example, like you said, like Adobe, a lot of applications that are used on a daily basis, especially when it comes to monitoring or learning or educational purposes, AI is being implemented. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but the thing is, it's also like a form of making, actually making your productive productivity higher. So it's, it actually helps you, it gives you a, a, a little nudge, like, okay, what you can do and what you did for 30 minutes, you can do it now for 10 minutes, for example. So it also looks at what can you do faster and more efficiently. So AI is still, still a learning process and AI is still coming in different, different forms. So it, you can't stop it anymore. I think that's a great way to say it. You can't stop it anymore. So you better learn it. For me, it's, it's been like that. I think for me, the. To go full circle, the reason I put out the post is because I looked at the difference between Google search and Google Bart and Google search 20 years, 23 years ago was kind of like the revelation that our generation used. Like all of a sudden we didn't have to go into encyclopedia, these big books like the encyclopedia. Yeah. Sorry, I can't get my word straight. But we have to get everything out of books. Encyclopedia. Yeah. And we had to get all these things outside of, to like in books. So like when I was six, seven years old, we had to find like the definitions of words in books. And now all of a sudden, Wikipedia came along. We were able to do to Google search. We were able to search for things quicker. Yeah. And we had an opinion quicker, which is this case now as well. We can get information easier. And unfortunately, we also have, will have opinions quicker. So that's where we're, where we're at. And I think that's also one of the things that we have to remember yeah. is when we use it, that these are really tools and these aren't shortcuts right. to life. And I think that's the main message that was being brought here today. So Diego, I feel we can 
close off this episode with a very happy feel. And we have a new outro, so I'm not sure if you're ready to, to present that to us. We, we had a strategic session today, so we're doing the outro a little bit differently. Twana, you want just, first of all, thank you so much for joining into the conversation and giving us so much insight. It was a really fun episode for us to talk about using AI in real life situations. If you're watching this, thank you for tuning in as well. If you're listening to the replay, the same. And please subscribe to Diego Amaral's YouTube channel where you'll be able to find all the video recordings of Social Confos or check out the website or Spotify where we release episodes every month, four episodes each month. And of course, we'll be back next week same place, same time, with a brand new episode of Social Confos. Yeah, man. Anything to add, Diego? No, that was perfect. We need to pre-record it and put it on the outro reel. And uh, use AI with your voice, I guess. <laughs> no, just kidding. Hey, no. guys, thank you so much Everyone, for joining us. Awesome. For everybody, should take it. Hang out for a bit and, after uh, this. We'll but... see you guys, too. It was a yeah. pleasure. Yes, yeah. sir. Bye-bye.